0: Time to play the game. Time to play the game.
1: here today for the home field advantage podcast this is big mo and i have one only action jackson on the line uh we're coming to you on monday this week due to a little change in schedule action how are you doing on this monday
2: well um I, i'm i'm wondering how i was gonna be able to get up for an episode and then i hear the intro music and i'm automatically in the zone <laughs> It's, it's time to play the game. And, uh, unfortunately over the weekend, uh, our, our, from coach Pittman's on, on, uh, on voice, he said that we played hard. We just didn't play smart. And, uh, and ultimately we, we didn't come out with a win. Uh, it, it does sting, but, you know, we still have to focus on the task at hand as conference play now. And, uh, and it doesn't get any easier. We we have to uh somehow put this behind us and move forward. So I'm I'm here and ready, ready and ready to go.
1: All right, well that's right. I mean, you know, it's like you said, I, I wish we would have had the the theme music that we play. That that should probably be played for the Hawks, I guess. So it's something to get them up to to play the game, you know, because they well, I mean I can't say that they want Ray to play the game, Jackson, because we we jumped out to a fourteen to nothing lead. Yeah, couldn't ask for a better start. Uh, scored
2: on the fourth play on offense, bringing uh, out on defense, and that electric redshirt freshman finally got his chance to show his show his talent, and he showed it to the nation. He put the nation on watch. Kick me the ball if you want to. And eighty eight yards later, he's in the end zone, uh, and we're a fourteen to nothing. And I, I've never, I don't think I've ever. Or listen to a football game where it was a game of runs. Normally, that's basketball. You know, we went on 14 to nothing run. They went on a 21 to nothing run. We went on a 10 to nothing run. Then they uh, went on a went on a 17 to nothing run to end the game. And it was just uh, it was. I mean, it was a good game. It, it was a good game. Like give like uh, credit crazy. BYU. Uh, they uh, they took advantage of mistakes. Uh, you know, that's what good teams do and we we capitalized on one turnover we got but um, kj was very uncharacteristic of saturday and uh and it's just not all on kj but uh the penalties i, I point to the penalties
0: uh 14, the penalties 14 penalties for 125 yards and at the worst possible time i mean you know you're you know, you're trying to
2: you're trying to go down and even win the game at the end, have a chance to tie, and win the game, and go into overtime possibly. And you're just penalized uh, on a, on, a, on a false start, on a holding, on a drive where you got down to BYU 17 yard line. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of takeaways from that game, but uh, I mean, it's just one that I really hope our team can put behind us and uh, get ready to for what's ahead because.
1: Yeah, it certainly doesn't. Certainly doesn't. That was the game that we really needed to win, and uh, now we're kind of—I mean, to be frank—we're standing, we're staring at kind of a disaster scenario for this season because we needed to beat BYU, and now we're staring at a four-game stretch where none of the teams we play are going to be easier than BYU, and all of them are going to be away from home. So. You know, we, you know. Logically, you wonder how are we going to beat any? How are we going to beat Ole Miss or, or you know, uh, Texas A and M even, which might be the two easiest uh, of the of the group. If we can't beat BYU, but but what bothers me the most is the fact that they spotted us fourteen points. They spotted us fourteen points in our own house, and the defense, looking at the stats, the defense didn't play bad. Uh, they only gave up 281 total yards, held them to 77 yards rushing on 31 attempts.
0: Yes.
1: Now, that's downright stingy. That's 2.5 yards an attempt. Right. Uh, the the pass defense, by the stats, it wasn't that bad. Uh, we only allowed them to complete 14 of 26 passes you know, if you were to tell me coming into this uh, this weekend against BYU, look, we're going to hold them to two point five yards rushing, and then we're going to only allow them to complete fourteen passes. Who's going to win that game? And I would said, well, we're going to blow them out. I mean, at least it's going to be a um, it's going to be a Kent State like score, depending on what our offense does. But we're certainly not going to lose that game. Right. But we lost that game. We lost that game because of, like you said, the mental errors and, uh, I I guess, giving up big plays. How do you you make sense of that, Jackson? How can we outgain them in yards by 140 yards, complete 10 more passes than they do, possess the ball for more than 10 minutes more than they do, only have one more turnover than they do, but yet somehow wind up losing the game? Make sense of that for me.
2: You know, and it's it's what you said. It's so uh, it's the it's the hidden it's the hidden yardage that's not on the stat sheet. Uh, we we you know if you look at our total yards, you know every stat column it seems like we won the stat column. We won every place on the field except the scoreboard where it counts the most. I mean, 424 yards total offense of uh, and they had 281. That, that's a win. I mean, if you're just giving me stats, we won that game, but. The, the the costly penalties. I mean, it just seemed yeah. like every time we would do something positive, holding, uh, offensive pass interference, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. I think that was the play that really, really, really hurt us when we when we caused the fumble. Even though we scored, we caused the fumble, and instead of instead of uh, possibly going down there and 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 uh. Scoring a touchdown, I believe we kicked a field goal right there, and that, that really stings, it, you know. But it was a it was a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty after that fumble that that really really hurt us right there. And it, it just seemed like and, and and another gripe that I have about the game was uh, I think our coaches put us in some bad spots too. There is no reason that you're ever going to be able to get me to understand that multiple times on fourth and less than a yard got our six four two hundred forty five pound quarterback in the shotgun. What are we doing? You know, yeah. I mean, more than once. And and then you put Cam in a, in a bad situation. He's got a, a makeable forty eight yard field goal, but a penalty puts him in that place, and then he hits the upright. If you yeah. if you if you go back and look at the tape down there earlier in the game when you didn't didn't get it on fourth down, you know. You could kick the field goal there let's say he makes it okay and you don't have a penalty he's 10 yards closer he makes that second field goal guess what At the end of the game we're not driving to score a touchdown to tie it we're on the 17 yard line with a chance to kick a field goal to win the game so you know yeah the players you know they left a lot out on the field and a lot to be desired but sometimes
1: the coaches put us in some bad situations i think Saturday. i totally agree totally agree and uh, and yeah, that's something we got to think about is is the coaching, but I, I think you hit on it to the answer to my question. It's it's mainly the penalties, it's well, the penalties, and 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 that's number one. But number two is not. This is the stat that stands out to me. We were two of thirteen on third down. Yeah, that's, we only that's converted cool. two of 13 third down attempts. Right. So we're basically playing the game with just with just two downs. If we don't get on first or second down, we're, we're giving up the ball.
2: Right, and, and also, I mean, if you if you flip it on if you flip it on the defensive side, there was a lot of play. A lot of times we didn't get off the field on third down. You know, you, you got to, and then there were some defensive swings yep. where where our defense, uh, really, you know, they 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 forced a punt. You know, uh, late in the second quarter. We score a touchdown. Then they force a fumble, and we kick a field goal. You know, they're at the end of the half. And so our defense put us in some good spots. But there was also times where,
1: you know, third and long, and you give up a 30-yard pass. I'm like, what are we doing? Get off the field. You know, And and, and, uh, I think that goes back to our offense. I kind of – you know, I mentioned that in our last podcast that this was a game that really it needed to bring out it needed to test our offense and get them ready for conference play by um, basically showing them what they're gonna have to be doing when we get to conference and that's score points. Score right. points under pressure even when you're behind. I mentioned we might be behind in this game. We were. I mentioned our offense is gonna we're have one. to, to step up offense did not step up yes we scored 31 points seven of those are from the punt return i take that away another three points at least came directly from the defense and that was uh dwight mcgluthern who stepped up and stripped the ball right near the end of the half and gave us uh, the ball on on their side of the field to start off with so i don't give the offense too much credit for that that field goal there so basically you're looking at only 21 points of offense that was put out, right? And, and that's not going to do. That's not going to do it. That's just not going to get it done, um, you know. And obviously that we shouldn't have allowed 38 points either from the defense. But I was kind of expecting the defense to give a little because, you know, that's what we've been expecting all season. Um, but but the basically our offense. Not only did they not score, but a lot of times they were helping the other teams offense you know? Yeah. And that's that, that's and the frustrating
2: Yeah, with three and outs, you know, when when we did go three and out, you know, it seemed like right before that you had went on a nine play or ten play drive and then we go three and out, we put the defense right back on the field. And what happens? Oh well uh, you know the how do they get on the board first? Oh they well they threw a trick play on us. Okay. You know I I can see I can see a receiver pass maybe getting somebody out of position. But a counter play right up the middle for a forty-five yard touchdown. I, I can't. I'm, I'm like, where are we where are we doing? Why why did we allow that? Because they're already tired when they go back out on the field. Because the offense mm-hmm. didn't give them enough time to even take a breath. Because mm-hmm. and, and I think that goes back to play calling. You know, w- w- what we need to figure out is what's working on offense. and yes. Keep getting that. Keep like you're playing Madden. If if I'm playing Madden and I know that halfback dive is working, and I'm getting 11 yards to carry on a halfback dive. Guess what I'm fixing to do? I'm fixing to run a halfback dive until they stop me for a loss. Yeah. I don't care if you got to run it on the right side of the line 12 times in a row. If you're getting five yards of carry, thank you AJ Green and, and the running backs for running yep. hard better day when you did get opportunities to do so. Yep. You know, and 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 I think that's really, and, and you know, I, I talked to. A very reliable source over the weekend, and I think that I think that not having Rocket makes that much of a difference for the whole team. And, well, and whether he comes back this week or against Texas A&M, I think you're going to see a difference in the how the plays are called. For some reason, they don't just want to turn around and hand it to AJ Green and let him get seven yards, six seven yards. They don't want to do it. They'd rather throw a bubble screen that loses three. So, you know, I put, yeah. I put a lot on the coaches this week. I, I really do. And, you know, and, and I go back. Can, can you explain it to me? And it's not just Arkansas. Why in college football have we all of a sudden thought that the best way to get fourth and inches is to put your quarterback in the shotgun?
1: I don't understand that either. I, I would not put the quarterback in the shotgun in that situation. But at the same time, I don't know if I'd have KJ running it. On fourth down, especially in college football. My philosophy is that it's all about unpredictability when you don't and, and, and here's why it's because we don't have a dominant offensive line. We don't even have a good offensive line as I, as I think a lot of people all you got to do is check Twitter and and I think that's the consensus around uh, um, around the whole, Razorback Nation, his offensive line is is really one of the glaring weaknesses on our team. So, given that, no, I'm not going to sneak it up the middle with KJ. I think that's too predictable. At the same time, I'm also not going to start in five yards behind the behind the line on the snap because for a shotgun to work, you got to have protection. You got to have good protection for that. So, I was starting at the line and I would maybe do some type of uh, maybe a play option pass or some type of sweep. Um, It's got to be, the key is it's got to be unpredictable. You know, I'm not claiming that, that, you know, I, I, I know all the answers to what to do, but I do know the wrong answer, and that's what we did. Like you said, a shotgun handed off to the guy and then let him run straight up the middle into a line that is not moving The line of scrimmage forward it's actually getting pushed back at it that's that's what you can't do uh you basically need to select some some uh some points in the line i think to where you can go through find find out which which of those offensive line on those defensive linemen for byu that can get blown off the line a little and attack that weakness and you got to do a little scouting You, you you got to basically have some plays that are set aside that you only run on fourth down. You never run them in the game. They don't see them coming. They're not. They're not looking at your previous games and seeing those plays because those plays are reserved for tough games for fourth down. That's the only time you run them. Good teams do that. You have to outthink defensive coordinators sometimes. And not just run a predictable play and hope that your guys somehow out athlete the other team. That's how you lose as a coach. And frankly, that you know, uh, uh, Houston Nutt did some good things to it, good things for our program, obviously. However, the reason Houston Nutt never got us to the big game, never won us an SEC championship, even though we had some good teams, is because he was constantly out coached because he was so predictable. And right. that's what, what's what's uh, uh, ailing our team right now. Yes, and and here's here's what I here's what I miss, especially being a Razorback fan. I miss the fullback. Uh,
2: let me let me throw out some names for you: uh, Guillermo Small, Mark Pierce. Uh, you know, you can go you can go down the line back in back in recent years, and you know, and we haven't had a fullback in, in so many years that that I don't remember and. But I, I miss those years where you know that hey, you know it might be third and one or, or fourth and one, but this fullback going to blow something up. We're going to get this first down, you know. And, um, and and even you know if you're going if you're going to go for it on fourth downs, you you got to put in a big package. If you know you're going to run the ball, they know you're going to run the ball. But what you got to do is run some tomfoolery on them. You bring in this big package like you're going to run this you're going to run this one yard. And then what do you do? You you raise up and you throw it to a big tight end named Jason Peters, who used to be on the end of your offensive line for a first mm-hmm. down. You know, and, and you're not, and you're absolutely right. You hit you hit the nail on the head. You're you're not seeing any, anything that's not predictable. But what what I would like to see is you you've got to take advantage of what you got back there. You know, Dominic Johnson is 251 pounds of of college football man. And you have a running back behind him in Rocket who's going to make his return 242 pounds. And KJ who is a monster. Nobody likes to tackle KJ. You found out on the first play of the game once again, nobody's watching tape on KJ. You don't try to tackle KJ. You know, you've got to game tackle him. I mean, he put a BYU guy on his back and had him hurt on the first offensive snap on Saturday. And so, but, but you're absolutely right. There's Way too much predictability because, and when I find out when I, when I'm on the radio I'm listening, and it's fourth and inches of Queen Grovey, one of the better quarterbacks that's ever been that ever played at Arkansas. He's like, well, this is quarterback snake. I got to see the big man right here. Quarterback snake gets his first down, and he's like, oh no, he's in the shotgun. Your announcer on the radio is telling you, oh no, he's in the shotgun. Why is he in the shotgun? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just crazy enough to me, and and you know, and that's something that we could we could dwell on. We could do several several episodes on, oh. you know, the, the the play calling, and you know, and, and I can't take anything away from these receivers because I mean, there's some receivers on Saturday that really had a good game. I mean, the young tight end had a good game.
0: Andrew Armstrong had nine catches for 98 yards. Yep. There was still a lot of positives. There was still a lot of positives on Saturday,
2: and at the end of the day. We weren't mentally strong enough to win that game. But I go back to Coach Pittman's comment. We played. We played hard. We did play hard. There was a lot of hitting on that field. I mean, those the linebacker play Saturday. If you like linebacker play, and if you're a linebacker in high school, if you if you you know aspire to be a linebacker, go watch that Arkansas BYU game over because there were some linebackers on that field that know how to play a game of football. Some of them were on Arkansas's team. Jaheen Thomas and Chris Paul Jr. are my co-defensive players of the game because those boys brought their game. They came to play, you know, and uh, I don't like handing out co-defensive players of the the game, but it's hard for me to go away from Jaheim Thomas when he's averaging 10 tackles a game, folks. He's averaging. That's his average right now through three games. He's averaging 10 tackles. And so... You know, I I don't know. uh, You know that kind of leads me into one of my more important questions every week. Uh, Who who do you give this offensive player the game to this week?
1: Uh, I'm going for the second consecutive week. I'm going AJ Green, and yeah, uh, Armstrong had a good game. He caught like you said, caught nine passes for 98 yards. Excellent game, but AJ Green to me was a complete difference maker when he touched the ball. Problem is, he didn't get to touch the ball that often because we had so many penalties that we we were out of running situation by the time we got to third down. He had nine carries for 86 yards. He averaged almost 10 yards a carry. And, of course, probably would have averaged more than that, but he found the end zone uh, cut his run short twice, or else he probably would have kept running. He might have averaged 15 yards a carry if the end zone wouldn't have stopped him of course it broke <laughs> off that long 55 yard run and uh you know um and i mean what 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 can you say aj green to me was was pretty pretty much dominant uh, amazingly he only got nine of our 39 carries yeah. i have to scratch my head at that how, how can a guy who's who's just consistently being successful running the ball only get nine carries I have to question that. But but anyway, the, I think the main problem for us, there were many problems, but one was the penalties. The other thing that I want to bring up that, that really upsets me, and I think it just speaks to an entire, really the main problem with our team when you get down to it, even if you eliminate the penalties. We scored 31 points in the game. Zero of those points. Not a single point. Came in the fourth quarter. We didn't score a single point in the fourth quarter. That's why you lose the game. You can't come in like a lion in the game and then go out like a lamb. You've got to play your best football in the fourth quarter. That's when you've got to have that champion mentality. It's when the game's on the line, it brings out the best in you. And, you know, you, you, I think you criticized K.J. a little bit or alluded to it to start the game. I have to, I have to, that's been my criticism a lot, is with K.J., there's a lot of inconsistency to his game, and also when the game is on the line, a lot of times he doesn't rise to the occasion. And, of course, we're remembering that fumble at Texas A&M last week, and now we've got another fumble to remember in a very crucial situation. All right. Uh, in the fourth quarter of of the BYU game that, frankly, uh, you know, I think you can go back and say that might have cost us the game. Now, we may not have made it all the way down the field, and obviously K.J. uh, doesn't have line protection. But, hey, sometimes you've got – the thing is, K.J. didn't have line protection all game, but he found a way to score 21 points to help the offense score 21 points in the other three quarters and 31 points total why can't you do it in the fourth quarter when it when it matters the most Right. It, it's it's a it's a i hate to use the word choking but there's a little bit of choking factor when when arkansas gets down to these late game situations where the game's on the line we freeze up a little bit for some reason uh and, and I, you can't put that all on KJ because sometimes, you know, he, he, he's the one who's leading the charge. But, you know, sometimes he has games like this to where I felt watching that game in the fourth quarter when we got the ball, I was on pins and needles. I didn't feel like we were attacking when we had the ball. And we had the ball several opportunities to make a drive there in the fourth quarter, several opportunities several to make a
2: drive. Several times. De- Go ahead. yeah. No, several times I, I, I totally agree with you and, and it seems like and that and that also seems like that's the worst time for an offensive line breakdown and he takes a, a 10 or 8 yard loss and now we're way behind the sticks uh you know there, yeah. there were some very inopportune sacks I mean I, I mean I know they they did have four sacks in the game but they came at the worst possible time um you know and, and I don't really I mean, I know there's a lot of people beating up on KJ right now. I don't really want to beat up on him because I still think there's a lot of games ahead of us that he's going to be the best quarterback on the field. And I'm, I'm hoping that this somehow resets his mentality to think, you know, hey, if we're going to do this, it's got to go through me. He, he's got to have that. He's got to have that true captain mentality that uh, if we're going to win, I got to go out here and win the name for my team. And you know, I'm hoping that. Kinda of hoping that the Kent State game was our true wake up call, like, "Hey, we gotta get this together." But now you've lost. Now you've lost the game. You know, you 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 lost the potential to, to be on the CBS doubleheader Saturday. You know, you were gonna be three and zero. You were probably gonna sneak into the top twenty five. Now you're two and one, and you have to go play an LSU team that's not only winning right now, but they're hungry. You know, they 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 want another win, and you know, and I believe, really, I mean, I, I can still look through this and say that we, we can't have a recipe for success. We can't. But are we going to go out and execute it on the field? That's my question for Saturday. You know, and and, and, and to so, so to pose that question to you do, you, do you see a recipe for a Razorback win this weekend?
1: Absolutely, and in, in fact, the recipe's already there. I mean, I, I'm I'm very disappointed in how the BYU game turned out, but I'm frankly optimistic about LSU because. Wait
2: a minute! Wait a minute. Hold on! Hold on! Time out! Did I just hear? Did I just hear Big Mo say that he's <laughs> optimistic about something? Uh, you know, we, we need to rewind the tape, folks. I mean, you need to hit pause right there and write down the time the timestamp. <laughs> But no, sorry to cut you off, big man. But you're optimistic, Um, man. I'm 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 flabbergasted and shocked right
1: now. I I, I am. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I am optimistic. I I am. I know, and it's not always the case. But you know, I'm I'm not blindly optimistic. I'm, I'm only optimistic when I see cause to be, and I see cause to be for LSU because. All, the two biggest things that have to happen for an upset to brew just happened. LSU went into Mississippi State, which, by the way, is a very good football team on paper. They won how many? Nine games last year, have their starting quarterback returning, and LSU manhandled them, right? LSU is feeling that they've got their feet under them again, and they're feeling good about themselves, okay? Meanwhile, we know what just happened to Arkansas. Okay, when you have those two things happen, that's a recipe for an upset because LSU might be looking a little past us, and we are mad as hornets right now. We're, we're wanting to go down there, and, and we know that we got to get a win somewhere in the next four games or else we, not, we might not be going to a bowl this year, okay? People might be canceling their plans to Florida or, or God forbid, even uh, northern Louisiana, wherever they might stick us, given, given the way we're headed. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the part of the, um, you know, that's that what you need to get an upset, okay, right. is, is you need one team. But on top of that, you have LSU is a team that I think has the same type, type of hiccups that Arkansas has. And that is in the fourth quarter or second half of games, they tend to freeze up like they did against Florida State. And they weren't tested against Mississippi State. You know, they were up forty-one to seven in the second half of that one. But what can they do when it's a tight game? Yeah. And I think we'll find out, you know. And I, th- I think we're going to find out Saturday. And and one, there's, there's a couple of there's a
2: couple of recipes that I have for for this upset that's brewing. Okay, if you're Dan Eno's, there's one tape that you're studying this week. You're studying the Florida State tape because. Florida State's quarterback is is a seasoned quarterback. He he knows the game. He he's he's, he's very good. And what did he do to LSU's defense? He dissected it. Dissected. He absolutely dissected their their defense. And 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 what do we have? You know, even though even though you know we 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 took our shots at KJ now. I'm not taking shots at him right now. I'm giving him some praise. We have a seasoned veteran quarterback that has went to LSU as a starter and won. And you're gonna say, Hey, it's time to dissect this defense, KJ. Whatever whatever their weak point is, whichever one of those corners likes to likes to creep up, you're gonna run Andrew Armstrong by him and he's gonna be open the whole game. You're mm-hmm. gonna run Tesla underneath and he's gonna be open the whole game because you see those weak spots in that defense. That's number one. Number two, I think you take a play I think you take a page out of Kent State's playbook and you try to shorten the game, what'd they do? State said, well, we're going to wait until about one or two seconds on the play clock, and then we're going to run our play. We're going to give you as few snaps on offense that you can have, and that's our recipe to keep you off the field. If we can do those two things, dissect them on defense when we get an opportunity, and somehow shorten the game, of course you need turnovers, you need lucky bounces. Wouldn't hurt if Tanya takes another one to the house, which I think he's very capable of, because he might be the fastest guy on the field Saturday. I, I think I think there's there's some there's some things in there you can see that we can go to LSU and we can knock them off.
1: I think so too. I, I mean, I, I agree. I think that the defense uh, did not play their best game. I mean, again, they didn't play a bad game. We you know we had some penalties here and there and. Obviously, they, uh, they ran some trickery on us, too. I'm thinking of that Statue of Liberty play they have. I mentioned they completed 14 passes. Of course, only one of those was to the quarterback. The other one was that, I guess, tight end or whoever it was who, who threw a touchdown pass against us. Uh, you know, BYU busted out their entire playbook against us. So LSU, I expect to be very much more... Um, uh, honestly, probably looking down the road to other teams and not wanting to show their whole playbook against Arkansas. And right. that'll be to our advantage. That'll definitely be to our advantage the, I expect LSU in, in essence to treat us in the same way we treated BYU. that hey, we, you know we need a course to take care of Arkansas, but we're really looking ahead to the future and hoping to you know build our, our, uh, our um, playoff resume and you know we just need to get past Arkansas and move on to next week and nobody's thinking much of it that's what we want that's what BYU wanted and what we gave them so we need to do the same
2: and i think that you know one of our better players on secondary in the secondary i, I think he you know he's always got extra motivation because this is his old squad uh, I, I don't i look for Dwight McLaughlin just to play like a man possessed on saturday Know, uh, knocking yep. the ball down, being disruptive in the secondary, might, might even might even give him another pick, and it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if it's the big six in Baton Rouge uh, to to really put the game away. That would just be incredible. Uh, Absolutely. Play, you know, well,
1: this, you know, I, I believe, gonna this is going to be the matchup of the game. This this is this matchup. Again, I'm not the defensive guru on the in this. Call here, but I would say that this was going to determine how the game goes. The White McGluthern against Malik Neighbors, okay? Because frankly, LSU's only offense against Mississippi State, their only offense was two players. It was Jalen Daniels running the ball. He ran for he carried it 15 times for 64 yards and a touchdown. I mean, two touchdowns. And Jalen Daniels throwing the ball to Malik, Malik Neighbors. Jalen Daniels threw for 361 yards, but 239 of those yards were to Malik Neighbors. 13 wow. catches for 239 and two touchdowns. If you that's if true. you can find a way to number one stop Jalen Daniels from scrambling, and that's that's on our linebackers. Gee, um, absolutely which you which you've praised and then just completely eliminate malik neighbors from their game plan and, and that's our our all-conference uh cornerback and dwight mcgluthern lsu i don't think they have a lot i don't think they have a lot besides those two players at least they don't have guys who are experienced to doing it in games Because so far, the only recipe they found for success this year is Jalen Daniels running, scrambling, which he can do very well, and him throwing it to Malik Neighbors.
2: You know, and I I think there's another X factor on on the defensive line that that has something to prove in this game, too, and that's, that's Landon Jackson against his former team. So two of our better players on defense are former LSU players, and there's no team that I know they want to beat worse than LSU. And I, I, I do think that Landon is starting to get his feet under him a little bit, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's in Jalen Daniels' face all game long. And yeah. so, but I have to, I have to throw out a classic, a, a classic Arkansas LSU score for you. It's, it's it's not it's not the Miracle on Markham score because I, I think <laughs> I think that there's going to be more points scored in this game. But I am mm-hmm. going to go, I am going to go with the one point victory on the road for the Razorbacks. Cam Little gets his retribution. He kicks a he kicks a field goal to put us up 30 and that's the final score. That's we, we hold them off at the end, of, and, and it would it would be like a pick, Like I said, black and to, to ice the game. Arkansas wins thirty-one to thirty as LSU is trying to drive and kick a field goal to beat us.
1: I would love it. Hey, and then, and remember we we're still undefeated in SEC play. Absolutely. An SEC championship is just as much on the line right now as it was before last week. Now, we may not feel as good about our team, but that wasn't a conference loss, even though BYU, you know, is they're a Big 12 team now, by the way. They are. We we, we played a major conference opponent, technically. That's right.
2: And, and, so, even, and, I, and I, like I said, I don't want to give them too much credit, but that was their first game as a Power 5 team against a Power 5 team. And then they started out on good foot. Yeah. They came to Arkansas. To, uh, to uh, Let me let me give
0: kudos to our fans now, because it was a true home-field advantage. They said it many times on the pregame about the home-field advantage, the home-field advantage, the home-field advantage. So they were giving us shout-outs left and right. They just didn't it.
2: <laughs> but it was the eighth-largest crowd in Reynolds, Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium history, the eighth-largest venue that that place has held. So I got to give kudos to the fans for showing up and, and, and they know that, yeah. hey, we don't get to come back here for five weeks. So they had to come out and they had to support. Yeah. And we have some we have some good games ahead of us, folks. We're, we're not out of this thing. We're not dead in the water because when we go to Jerry's World, it might be off of our campus, but we, we went over there and won in this series against A&M. But we have to take care of business Saturday. We got to get back on our feet. And you know, like Coach Pittman says, I wanna roll the ball out there and see what happens when we play OSU. Because we'll I mean, see, hey, a, no, let me stop you there. They're gonna have a that? good game plan. They're gonna have a good game plan. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have a good week of practice and, and I think that we're gonna see a very inspired Razorback team play Saturday and I would be shocked if that's not what we see on Saturday night in Death Valley.
1: Well, hey, we can be as inspired as we want. And I think, like, like Sam Pittman said uh, on his after BYU, we were inspired, but we lost. We can be as inspired as we want, but I hope Sam Pittman is joking when he says that he's going to roll the ball out there and see what happens at LSU. I hope he's joking because that is the type of mentality that's going to get us with a big fat L hung on us right there. You you have to out-strategize a team like LSU. You have to come up with a game plan and exploit their weaknesses and take away their strengths. It's a chess match, and I think this is a great point in the podcast to get to the coaching because you don't get 14 penalties for 125 yards, most of them coming from the offensive line, without some very, very poor coaching, okay? It's been und- – on. That's, that's something that we haven't
2: seen since Sam's been there. We, we have not seen that amount of penalties, uh, you know, maybe not even a handful of times. I would say that's probably, you know, one of three times that there's been that many penalties since he's been the coach. And yeah. you can probably say we lost all those games. I mean, I don't have it all in front of me, but, you know, and, and we – but, you know, I think that's just one of his coin phrases. I mean, I, I don't think we're just going to – roll the ball out there you know they're gonna they're gonna go down to lsu prepared and they're gonna go down there prepared to win i mean i'll I'll tell you
1: you the past i feel like the the first three games of the year we've rolled the ball out there i don't think there's been any coherent game plan for the first three games it's basically we we've got a set play on how we're going to play football doesn't matter what the opponent is we're going to run our our plays that we like and we're going to try to stop certain plays of years and and we're just going to play that way and that doesn't work. We, we didn't, what, what I saw from the BYU game was we did not prepare for BYU. We're, we came out there playing the same game that we played against Kent State. And we expected to beat YU BYU with that game. You can't do this at the level of college football. You've got to identify the players and and the and the the plays that you've got to shut down, and you've got to identify plays that are most likely going to work for you, and come out with a unique game plan for that week to help yeah. your team win. We didn't do I that.
2: This, I think this was. I mean, I don't know why they would wait four games into the season, but I, I think they're going to have. A, a very strategic game plan this weekend, especially for Jaden Daniels, because, I mean, he he's the whole show for LSU. You know, you, you got to get in his face, you got to disrupt his timing. When he goes to run, Janine Thomas has got to meet him wherever he's at. Chris hall has got to meet him wherever he's at. You know, if, if one of That's them right. is not reading Jalen Daniels the whole game as, as kind of like a spy, then I don't think we've prepared very well. But That's I right. Just think, I just think that LSU. Has not seen the defensive line intensity that they're going to see come Saturday. I don't think that the Florida State had it. I, I know Mississippi State doesn't have it. Uh, I mean, we're. I, I just think. I mean, I think if we play a clean enough game, maybe get a turnover and, and, and just play Arkansas football, we can go down there and we can get this upset. Which, which in our eyes, is not really an upset. It's not an upset when we beat LSU. It's something that we expect and want to happen. It's not all. Man, that was the biggest upset of all time. No, we 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 expect to compete with LSU year in and year out. Look at last year's score: 13 to 10 without our starting quarterback. I think our team's better than last year's team. So if LSU's thinking, "Oh well, we're just going to steamroll Arkansas," you got another thing coming because you got a mad bunch of sloppy, nasty Razorbacks coming to your house, and you better be ready to play because our boys are going to be ready to play.
1: I, I hate to say it, Andrew, but i I, I just I uh, I I I just disagree with you. I, I, that that's at this point, coming off this BYU loss. I hope you're right, but that sounds like a bunch of just fan now, talk. But
2: I'm the one that's supposed to be
1: optimistic. And I know optimistic. you are, and you did you did a great job of being optimistic, but I'm the one who's supposed to be pessimistic, and I am. If, if, if I believe that we could do that, I, I, I will tell you this. We've got a good football team, but it's like what was said in the post-conference, we played hard. I think Arkansas played hard in that BYU game. We just got foxed and out coached in a lot of ways. And also at the end, we froze up. When, when it got close, we froze up and we scored zero points in the fourth quarter. So to me, yes, you have to be aggressive, but that's not enough. That's not enough. We're, this, this is the type of game that can only be won, I think from a preparation and a strategy point of view. That's the only way that we're going to be what? We have to be, let me do the math on that. Um, 28 points better than Mississippi State was at home. And I'll be honest with you, on paper, Mississippi State looks like just about as good of a team as Arkansas is, um, given what they have coming back and given what they did last season. So we have to do a lot better than they did at home on the road. And let me tell you, that's not going to come from just getting up for it. Because believe me, the fans, you know how, how Death Valley is. It's It's going to be... Uh, like a coke can, like like a uh, basically being crushed like a coke can under some noise and pressure. Um, it's not easy down there. So the way, but the way you beat them is you have a strategy for doing it. You execute that strategy, and as you succeed during the game, um, you you gain confidence. Just like, Just like last, last year when you didn't have K.J., and uh, we almost pulled that out because we had a defensive strategy that held LSU down and made it to where basically it looked like they might even not score a, more than three points all game. That's what we need to do.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, which, which one of our – you know, if, if you look back at this LSU series, it seems like we've always had a running back that's had a really good game against LSU. Whether it was Brandon Holmes, uh, you know, De'Corey Birmingham, Darren uh, McFadden, Dennis Johnson, uh, you know, you know, if, if Rocket's back healthy, you know, one, one of those guys. But you know, if if it's, if it's a certain play that's that's working on offense, let's say it's a button hook, seven yard button hook to Luke Haas, and they can't stop it guess what? I'm going to run it. I'm going to run the ball. And then guess what? I'm going right back to Lucas for seven yards because I know you can't stop it. And I don't care if Lucas has 17 receptions. If they can't stop Lucas, I'm going back to him every time. You know, there's going to be a weak point in that defense and we have to attack it. You know, not just passively, we have to aggressively attack that until they prove that they can stop it. If it's rocking on a 32 trap... You're gonna run 32 traps ten times in a row, Rocket, until they stop it. And and, and that's I mean that, that's the kind of things you have to do to go to Death Valley and win. You gotta go in there with the sound strategy, execution, play a clean game, and come out with the win. That's
1: how you think. really you really do. And uh, like you said, it's a good point that we do have. Hopefully, we'll have Rocket playing. I'm expecting him to play for this game. And we're going to have, of course, a healthy KJ, unlike we had last year. And let's not forget, like you mentioned, we went into Death Valley uh, a couple years ago, and we came out with a win in overtime, huge win, one, one of our biggest and wins Cam, in the series.
2: Cam Little, Cam Little kicked a game-winning field goal, and yep. so he's already done it on that field. And I expect him to do it again Saturday. Um, and you know that that puts a wrap on it for me, man, because I'm I'm just. I'm I'm ready. I, we, and what we can't do, I'll say this before we move on. We can't let BYU beat us twice. The, the guys have to put that behind them. They, you know, it was a tough loss. It was it was really a, a great atmosphere, a great football game. You gotta you gotta move on to LSU. You, yeah. you can't you can't let emotions beat you twice. You can't be hung up on what happened against BYU on Saturday night. You know, because now you have bigger fish to fry. I agree. It's BYU, but this is a bigger fish that we have to fry, and yes. we got to get and down there and take care of business.
1: In my book, this is the biggest fish. This is this is the biggest game on the schedule to me, always has been. This is the game for the boot. This is our, our true rivalry game against this LSU. Playoff. This is the game that we want. This is
2: our playoff game on, in the fourth game of the season. This yeah. is our playoff. It so is, abso-
1: absolutely is, and that's a great way to put it. This is our playoff game. This, if, we're, if we if we want to go into the playoff or go to a big bowl, this is a game that's going to get us there because this will be that feather in our cap on our schedule, going into LSU, being ranked whatever they are, and, and beating them because they're going to win a lot of games, as you saw against Mississippi State. This right. is a huge opportunity, but, but most of all, this is just about rivals. We want to bring that boot back. We've got this is KJ's last year. This is Rockets last year. We got a defense that's that's I think very capable of doing what they did to them last year, which is completely stifling them. LSU has it's been three years since LSU has scored more than thirteen points in a game against us. So don't tell me that our defense can't do uh, that, that. They can't perform well. They're and um to a
2: challenge. I, I, I have no yeah. doubt
1: so like you said let's we we move on but this is this is we can't understate how big this game is and we gotta want it more we gotta want it more so with that said let's let's move on to some other scores as we kind of wrap this podcast up um there weren't a lot of big games this week but i'll tell you one game that kind of uh raised my eyebrows um was was that Florida Tennessee score? What would you what do you take about that, Jackson? I mean, we the Gators really handled them down at the swamp, I'm
2: and I'm scratching my head about what's going on <laughs> in the SEC right now because you know we we vehemently said that Florida was just all the way out of it before the SEC slate started, and what do they do? They get Tennessee, a highly ranked team in their house, and they mm-hmm. absolutely took care of business. I was I was shocked. And, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I mean, I've never I don't think you know, in the first few weeks of the college football season that I've ever been more wrong than I have this year and I mean, it's okay <laughs> it's okay yeah. I, 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 I admit when I'm wrong uh, Florida, Florida did what I thought they couldn't do and another game that surprised me was, was you know, and I know it was weather weather beating and, and everything but I, I'm just going to say this and for the first time in a long time Alabama's not very good I'm just gonna say it. They're they're not very good. Uh, they they yeah. have a lot of problems in Tuscaloosa, and I think I think they could get exposed this weekend when they play Ole Miss. I, I mean, Ole Miss's offense is, is really clicking at a very high level, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm just you know a 17 to three win against South Florida on their field when it was three three most of the game. That tells me that Alabama has some serious serious issues going on, and. This could be a year we get them. I mean, but, uh, yeah. of course, we got business to take care of before that. But, but college football has just really made me scratch my head. You know, uh, Eon and his, you know, time, Coach Prime, they, they got a test that they didn't see coming from Colorado State. And uh, and and now they really got to start playing football because they've got some tough, tough opponents coming up that, that aren't just going to roll over for Coach Prime. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And well, don't forget about what I thought was the biggest game last week. And, and we, we've down talked to SEC a lot. And the SEC has been poor. But we finally struck back in the in the form of the most quintessential that the, the flagship SEC school, the Missouri Tigers came through in, in a what was by all means a, a, a big twelve against big twelve matchup. But we can somehow claim it, thanks to the inclusion of Missouri into our conference, sixty one yard field goal, NCAA record to win the game against number fifteen Kansas State. So it's not just the highly ranked SEC teams falling, Jackson.
2: That's right. If there's if there's this uh if, you know if there are Missouri fans that listen to us, which I'm sure there are, uh, I do owe you a sincere apology from what I said last week when I said that you know I don't put any stock if Missouri is our last hope we're in trouble, and uh, I was wrong. And uh, way to go for Missouri, a, a big win knocking off a top twenty-five team, and, uh, and and they stood up for they stood up for the conference when when Arkansas and some some other ones haven't really. Uh, done
1: that well, well job was standing up. Yeah, and so you know the SEC. Maybe we can't win the games we're favored in, but maybe we can play spoiler. I, I'm looking forward to uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving uh, when when the high, when the two and one Tennessee Chattanooga football team comes in to test to an unranked tuscaloosa alabama team i'm looking for alabama to come up with the upset in that one too i I agree (laughs) i I totally agree and you know and, and i know there's some there's some big town
2: football this weekend and uh you know and and you know we can got if you got time to run down some of those games
1: we can or or, we do let's let's go pretty quickly here biggest one that pops out to me is uh florida state at clemson clemson believe it or not is unranked but it's it's in i guess they call that death valley too you know we know what the real death Death valley is but Um, 11 o'clock on saturday abc who you picking jackson
2: well you know that 11 o'clock uh kickoff time that's State really struggled against Boston College. Uh, I really think Boston College should have won that game, uh, you know, because the second half they were the better team. Uh, Florida State squeaked out a win. And, you know, it's, it's a series that Clemson has, has dominated in recent years. And, and I know Dabo had his team, you know, up and ready to play that game. And uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm
1: gonna to pick Clemson to win at home in an in, in upset. Okay. Very good. Uh, next, we have number 19. Again, we touched briefly on that Colorado game because I felt like Colorado State did exactly what Arkansas is going to need to do this weekend. They had a game plan for the Buffaloes, and they executed. Unfortunately, the Buffaloes are just a <laughs> just, just like their coach. They're a very clutch team that rises to the occasion when, when things are, are most dire is what I saw. But they... Play a huge game against number ten Oregon in Eugene. Uh, both teams undefeated. Two thirty Central Time on ABC. Who you got, Jackson? Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about you know Dion Son being a being a Heisman candidate
2: and Colorado being a, a playoff contender and all this. Well, this is the game they show if that's really what they're about. They this is the kind of game that they would have to win to to be in all those talks and. Uh-huh. I just think Oregon's got too much for them in the duck pond, and uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the, the Oregon team to, uh, to, to get that win at home.
1: Quack, quack. Well, it looks like Oregon's going to bust their bubble, according to, according to action. Uh, now, of course, you mentioned number 15 Ole Miss going into Tuscaloosa. Is this the year for the Rebels, Jackson? Well, I don't, I don't know necessarily if it's the year for them, because
2: Apparently they don't play defense in Ole Miss. I think we've known that since uh, since Lane kiffin got there. They're not going to play a lot of defense, and if and if anybody's going to have their team ready to play at home, it's going to be Nick Saban, is what you think. But Texas went in there and, and really really put a lump on their heads, and I, I don't I don't know if if Ole Miss is uh is is, is up to the challenge. I,
1: I be bold, Jackson. Be bold.
2: I, I think I think that I think, that <laughs> I think Alabama does what Alabama does at home, I think the defense is, is going to really get after Jackson Dart. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say that Alabama, of uh, Alabama takes care of business in, in Tuscaloosa. All
1: right. So that you heard it, you heard it here, folks, go ahead and put your money on old Miss. Cause you know what's <laughs> going to happen in that game now. we just, it's just been announced. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding with you, Jackson. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been that kind of year for sure. Uh, Man, we got a bunch of good ones. One of the scores that that really uh, made my eyes bulge this past weekend was Washington absolutely destroying Michigan State in Lansing. The Washington Huskies were ahead in that game forty-one to nothing on the previously respectable Michigan State Spartans. This week they get Cal at home. Cal, who had a uh, nice win last week, um. Coming off of a, uh, let's see, they uh, well wasn't really that nice. It was a non-conference opponent, but still a win. Idaho, see so they played. Uh, who you got in that game?
2: Yeah, I think Washington. Oh, uh, I think Washington is the team out there that's going to really challenge USC, and uh, I don't see them losing to Cal. So again, if you want if you want to win at the at the bank, uh, just go ahead and go put your money on Cal No, the upset. But I'm going for Washington. <laughs>
1: Well, hey, Washington's 21-point favorite, so it wouldn't take much to cover that line. Uh, Another big game between, well, maybe one of the biggest games. Again, this, hey, folks, this is the week to watch some college football. We got quite a lineup. We have number 16, Ohio State, playing at number nine, Notre Dame. Buckeyes are three and a half point favorites, but how's that going to go down, Jackson?
2: Yeah, I think I think that could be one of the game of the year candidates. So uh, that sounds like uh, that sounds like you know uh, you know uh, Ali, you know Rumble, you know Rumble, young man, Rumble out there. You know that that sounds like a slugfest to me. And uh, Notre Dame's really, I mean, they really haven't been tested, and uh, I, I don't think I really don't think Ohio State's as good as they have been. Uh, seen them struggle against Indiana. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the fight, Irish at home.
1: That would certainly make, uh, make NC State look better if, if they did. that. Elsewhere in the Big Ten, we have number 24 Iowa going to Happy Valley, playing the Penn State Nittany Lions, who are seventh in the country. 6:30 p.m. on CBS. Who you got, Jackson? Uh well you know in case nobody's heard of Penn State is my pick to win the Big Ten this year and uh, I think Penn State under the lights
2: in a, a whiteout uh is going to going to take care of Iowa simply with the defense Penn State's defense is for real and uh you know that that's my pick Penn
1: State all right NC State goes to again this is a game that nobody cares about but few people who listen to this podcast and me. But uh, NC State goes to and 3 Virginia into Charlottesville. Can NC State get them a big conference win?
2: I think they I think they can. I think they do. Uh, one thing about the Wolfpack, they travel. They travel in packs. They, and when they're hungry, <laughs> you don't want to throw out a Cavalier for a hungry Wolfpack. Let me tell you that. I like NC State, and I like them to be impressive in doing so.
1: We do travel in packs for sure. Utah has played an absolutely a, a killer schedule to start the season. Um, they get another one, again, with number 22 UCLA coming to uh, Salt Lake City. On Fox at at two thirty p.m. on Saturday, eleven Utah against twenty two UCLA. Who you got, Jackson?
2: Well, you know Utah's quarterback, quarterback has played extremely well. You know they still, you know they still don't know about Cam Rising, uh, but Utah is a tough place to
1: go and get a victory, uh, and and I think that UCLA finds that out the hard way. Uh, I, got, I got Utah. Right now we also have uh, out west, we've got number 14, Oregon State, playing at number 21, Washington State. Two of the teams that did not leave the Pac-12, two of the faithful Pac-12 teams. Who pulls it out in that one, Jackson?
2: Well, the last time I didn't go for Washington State, I made a monumental mistake because they just whooped up on Wisconsin. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna rival Washington State. You know, see see what they got.
1: I'm uh, I'm gonna say Washington State wins that one. All right. And uh, that might uh, okay. Well, now we have undefeated Auburn going into Texas A&M in the SEC. What do you think about that one, Jackson? Uh, can we can, can the field implode without anybody getting injured and uh, just no no games played? You know, but uh, okay. I, I'm. You know, you couldn't ask for two better – two teams that I dislike more.
2: Um, but, you know, I, I would love for A&M to get a big win uh, before they play us next weekend. Uh, and, you know, because they're, they're always going to be hyped up for that game, and, and I think a win over Auburn would put them there. Uh, but, you know, Auburn Auburn seems like they're on a mission, and I, I think A&M
1: continues to struggle. Uh, give, me the, give me the War Eagle. All right. And then we got uh, number three, Texas, playing at 1-2 and two Baylor on ABC, 6.30 p.m. Well,
2: Baylor's going to play inspired. Uh, I, I like using that word, inspired. They're going to play inspired at home. They, they've struggled. Uh, they've got everybody, uh, uh, you know, probably the least likely team that people thought would be in the top five at this time of the season in Texas. Texas played uninspired against Wyoming. I mean, they was ten to ten going in. Late into the fourth quarter, it was about nine minutes left against Wyoming before they ran off. And uh, but but I do think I do think the Longhorns will will go into Baylor and, uh, and continue to
1: win as of right now. Wow. We know we know Utah had trouble there uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, BYU. Uh, Continues tries to stay unbeaten at Kansas, who's also unbeaten, and two teams that Arkansas has met in their past three games or past four games collide. Who you got there?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I have to I have to go for BYU. Uh, I think the rest of the season, I want BYU to just just line up and play football and, and win a whole bunch of games. And I think it starts at Kansas. Uh, you know, their their first their first Big Twelve game. Uh, you know. Kansas,
1: you know, historically doesn't do very well uh, in football. And, uh, BYU, BYU is impressive, on especially on defense, uh, to me, and, and I, I like I like BYU to go to Kansas and win. All right, and of course, last but not least, we have the Oklahoma State Cowboys playing the Iowa State Cyclones, who are now one and two in Iowa State. Who you got uh, oh now, Jackson? You're, you're trying to set me up, and you, you know which way I'm going. <laughs> Uh, I
2: don't think the Cowboy has ever fared very good against the Cyclone, and uh, you give me Iowa State at home in Ames uh, to take care of Oklahoma State. All right,
1: well you heard it here, folks. Well, we have quite a bit of college football to watch. We don't even have times with NFL this week, even though uh, we still, in fact, the, uh, the Saints game the Saints play tonight. So, um, the Bucks are undefeated. By the way, the Bucks are undefeated. Look out, they're undefeated. All right, well, that's a wrap for this week, and uh, we will catch everyone again next week, and as always, Go Hogs!